All right, NOLA fam, everybody up to your feet. What an amazing worship experience we had this morning. If this is your first time with us, welcome home to our NOLA fam online all across the world, all across the nation. We welcome you guys here. Good day. Uh, I would say more words, but I barely know English, and so I definitely cannot speak another language. But we are excited for each and every one of you to be here today. We are excited for our NOLA fam that's joining us online. I got one piece of scripture, and then I'll let you guys sit down, and I'm going to kind of tell you what we're doing today. I will be in 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through 31, but I'm only going to read 27 to get us started. Now you are Christ's body. Look at your neighbor and say, I am Christ's body. Each of you is a member of it. And God has placed you in a church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracle gifts of healing, helping gifts of leadership and different kinds of tongues. Look at your neighbor and say, I, a little bit louder, I got gifts. Today, I am going to be joined by our pastoral staff. We are going to be talking about something that is so important that they just can bring one person up here to talk about. We're going to be talking about divine order. Over the course of this year, we have been in a series that is called Discovery, and it has completely wrecked my life. I don't know about you guys, but it has wrecked minds. It is when your giftings and your passions intersect and you step into what God has called you to be. It is not about what you do, but it's about who you are. And last week, we went over some of the spiritual gifts that we have. We know that gifts one through seven are to strengthen us, and gift eight, I mean, one through seven are to strengthen others people and gift eight is to strengthen us and then nine and eleven are for us to be able to pour out in the overflow but we know in order for those gifts to be unlocked first we have to be in love and this is not the typical love that you think about when you think about spouses but you have to be in biblical community you have to be in relationship and today we're going to expand on that because there's a thing that's called divine order right you can't just put a kid in a candy store and then not expect them to come out with a unless you tell them what they can and cannot do. Amen? Amen. And so that's where we are going to be today. So I'm going to have a seat. You guys can have a seat as well. Uh, Let us pray in. Lord, we thank you for being here with us, Lord. We thank you for continuing just to meet us wherever we're at in our lives, Lord. We thank you for being the, we thank you for being the God that you are, Lord. We allow We ask that you allow your spirit to just dwell in this place, Lord. Allow us not only be hearers of the words, but doers of the words, Lord. Allow us to be radical and bold from when we leave this congregation, when we leave our family to go out into a world that won't even acknowledge who you are, Lord. Allow us to speak boldly in truth of who you, Lord. Allow us to be able to take dominions over environments. Allow us to be able to take dominion over communities and families, Lord. Give us the authority to go to the ends of this nation to proclaim the gospel of you, the good news of you, Lord. And for that, we thank you, we honor you, and we praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. Y'all ready to have some church? One of my favorite songs is, it goes like, wake up and get to churches. And I play it for my students, and they think I'm talking about church's chicken, but I'm talking about the good Lord. (laughs) So today we find ourselves in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, and 31. And we're learning, last week we talked about the body and we talked about the gifts that the Lord equipped us with. When the wind blows, the Holy Spirit moves and it gives us the opportunity to expand these gifts at different times when the Lord sees fit for us to have them. Today, we're going to talk about another level of gift that God has provided us within the church, which is divine order. I am joined here by the amazing pastoral staff, minus Pastor Matt and Pastor Alicia, who are out of town this morning. But to my right, we have the amazing Pastor John. Everybody give a round of applause for Pastor John. Next to him, his amazing wife, Pastor Rachel. To my left, only because he bore crawfish yesterday, we have Cajun Chris, Pastor Chris, up here joining us today, and his lovely wife, Pastor Sam. 
So we, we have been talking about, you guys have enjoyed the series so far this year, right? Man, when you talk about going from expansion to development, I did not know that this development series will cause me to expand in every way of my life. Just not in church, but just in every aspect, being developed has created an avenue to be able to expand. And so thank God first for him and thank God for the vision that he has given our pastoral staff and the development that they continue to do. We hope to see you at leadership track on Wednesday, just a plug so you can get you some extra development in your system. All right. And so we've learned that as trust, rely, and um, obey believers, that we make up his body. And so I'm going to ask them some questions. They have not prepared, well, We have not prepared as you might have thought we prepared for this moment. They really do not know what I'm about to ask, which is the fun part for me. And so get ready to hear some good, authentic word and some good, I think, their prophecy, because as you know, prophecy comes from the Bible, and they're going to be speaking some Bible today. And I get to start with, with Pastor John, and we're talking about 1 Corinthians 12 and 27. We're talking about the gifts. Can you tell us, Pastor John, what is the structure of divine order. Well, thankfully, you slightly answered that uh, leading in with uh, this morning's scripture. So uh, we have, let's see, Pastor Monty already kind of addressed this, but let's, let's dig in a little bit more. We have the apostles who are sent out in order to equip those to be sent. Uh, we have the prophets. Uh, these, are, these are people who speak God truth in the word, and then those who equip others to speak God truth. We have teachers who are pastors and uh, they're they're here to nurture and develop us and um, and those who equip others to also nurture and develop so you see what the pattern is right like you teach those in order to teach them so they can replicate each other right that's what is it called discipleship does that sound familiar (laughs) yeah um and then we have the things uh we have giftings okay and giftings those are the tools that god um uses through both leaders and members in order to impart spiritual healing to the body. So you see that there's a pattern there too, right? You have the structure first and then the gifts follow. But the structure is a gift in itself too. Um, I mean, we we have things put in place in order for there to be safeguards because it's like, could you imagine if somebody went out and said, I really like basketball, let me go play in the NBA. probably not going to be entirely successful. Instead, you have the, the, the structure put in place in order to allow us to grow, develop, and be in a safe place so that we can all disciple one another to be effective through the structure as God gives us the giftings to be able to go out. That's good. That's good. So are you saying that apostle, prophet, priest, and other gifts that the, the Lord would place into a congregation, that is a gift to all of us as this body of Christ. Absolutely. That's, that's good. Pastor Rachel, come in to you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm goofy, so I'm gonna laugh. If, if you laugh, I'm gonna laugh. That don't mean just start laughing randomly just to see if I'm gonna start laughing, but I'm gonna laugh. Uh, Pastor Rachel, going, going to you, so we just talked about how, how this is a gift to the body. How is this different in Ephesians 4 than it is in 1 Corinthians when we talk about the 11 gifts that God gives to equip us. So in Ephesians 4, if, if you guys want to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians 4, it talks about how Jesus gave the church these gifts. And like he said, it's the apostles, it's the prophets, it's the evangelists, it's the teacher pastors. And Paul reiterates this in 1 Corinthians 12 and then goes on to the giftings. Well, those spiritual gifts that he identifies are actually um, offices that Jesus has appointed. So Jesus puts a call on certain people to be an apostle, to be a prophet, to be a teacher or pastor. And those in them uh, in and of themselves are these amazing gifts, okay? Um, but it's all about that leadership and that, that, um, that weight that they carry. Where the spiritual giftings that he goes on to talk about in 1 Corinthians 12 are about spiritual empowerment. So it's not just about an office per se. It is about how the body can minister to the body. So in that sense... 
with these spiritual gifts, we get to serve one another because ministry is all about serving. Those two words are one and the same. Ministry is service. So through these giftings, we get to build each other up. And when I was studying about this, something that was really cool that stuck out to me about the spiritual gifts and the giftings, because it's like, okay, it's this play on words. Is it really that important? But it is important because these gifts basically act like growth agents. So think about the human body, okay? The human body has these growth hormones that are sent out. And these growth hormones go to these different target areas in our bodies, and they tell the body how to grow and how to develop. And they're responsible for our height, for our bones, for our muscle growth, all of these things, okay? And so these, these growth parts go and they target these areas and they say, okay, grow, all right, this is what you do. However, when there is a growth deficiency, then the body doesn't function the way it's supposed to. So think about this. If if the heart were to stay, if, if these growth hormones went to the heart and they say, okay, at two years old, you can stop growing now, but the rest of the body began to grow, well, the heart's going to give out because it can't keep up with the rest of the growth, okay? Unless you're the Grinch. <laughs> wow. Uh, um, or think about like your digestive tract. If it kept growing, all right, and the growth hormones were all out of whack and it, it said, hey, stomach, keep growing but it's developing at this rapid rate of like a 20-year-old, but the child is two years old, well, it's going to take over and it's going to kill the body. And so these gifts are important. Think of it in that terms because they send the growth out in the right proportions to help the body mature. And as we mature, then the body can actually operate in the giftings the way it's supposed to. That's good. That's good. Speaking of, of gifting, she, she did an amazing breakdown of giftings. And as you can see, this is a growth deficiency right here because wow. Chris Hare, the, the hormones missed his hair. So they just. But, <laughs> but I make up for it in other areas. <laughs> but, but speaking of giftings in that, in that breakdown, Sam, Pastor Sam, when we talk about giftings, and that, that growth of it, how do these giftings come out? I remember Pastor Monty did a, a sermon about two weeks ago about love. And so how does love allow our giftings to come out? Well, I think we can start with the main question of who is God, right? God is love. So godly love can only be administered through the structure of divine order. And divine order is what creates a healthy culture in our church. Um, you know, Pastor Monty actually gave us this analogy when we were in a pastoral meeting regarding, think of us like a garden, right? We were all planted here in this community. The garden is the community. Each one of you has been planted here, but the gardener is Jesus. And Jesus is providing all the nutrients and everything that the garden needs to grow and to be healthy. So when that spark of passion ignites in us and we have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then we then essentially become nutrients for the plants next to us, for those new believers who we are overflowing in them and creating this healthy environment. And that's where it starts. The, <laughs> we need some t-shirts in here. They, <laughs> we need some retweets, some... Go ahead, continue with that love. How can our giftings come out, Pastor Chris, in community? So when we look at divine order and we think about community, we pull out a root word of unity, right? The divine order actually provides a clear pathway for unity for us to grow as a healthy believer, right? As a mature believer. I can't, I can't take something that I've pulled in from outside and bring it into this house and expect it to nurture and grow in the same way that you said, right? Because that's not the community that it was birthed out of. This is the community that it's birthed out of. So therefore, how can I possibly be effective in what I'm bringing in from the outside into the place that actually God made for it to be planted and to be grown? That's good. Well, they preaching up here. <laughs> All right, so last week, how many of you were, were here last week, last Sunday? Was anybody challenged by the word? Because I think, I know for me, when you talk about gift and spiritual gifts, and especially a, a, a sensitive topic like 
tongues, speaking in tongues. And, you know, everybody, especially a new believer, wants to come in and they want to show how gifted they are. You got people who are prophesying and who's not prophets or, or people who are speaking in tongues in the most inappropriate times. How did last week's sermon challenge, and this is a free fall, how did last week's sermon challenge you to know that your gifts that God equips you with are not for you, but they're for you to overflow into other people? You said free for all. You've opened the door. <laughs> I've also had a lot of caffeine this morning, so be prepared. No, the, uh, I, I mean, realistically, you talk about last week and you think about what it meant in order to, to really be challenged. How many of us here like to do what we want? <laughs> I've even heard that from quite a bit of you. I might have said that quite a few times. TJ, I got it. I was inspired by Burger King. I can have it my way. Yeah, your way right away. No, but really, like, think about it in terms of current culture. Like, most of us live in the sense of instant gratification, right? Whatever you want, you have access to it. Whatever you really, truly desire, you can pretty much get conjured up in some way, shape, or form. And if you can't find it on Amazon, you probably don't need it anyway. But, I mean, realistically, like, in terms of, of spiritual gifts and how we operate, it's not about us. So I had to really think about that last week in the sense of the gifts aren't provided for me in order to edify myself. They're for me to strengthen the body and to give clarity to people. It's not about me. Uh, if, if anybody ever remembers anything about, uh, about what we do in, in terms of a name or a title or a person and you replace that, whatever that is with God, then that's a completely different source. So last week was a little check of go back to the source. The source is Jesus. Those gifts are given to us by him in the appropriate timing that he sees fit for us to use to give edification and clarity and strengthen the body, not for our own purpose. That truly takes a lot of spiritual maturity. And so another free-for-all, how have you led or maybe tried to potentially use a gift in a very immature state, and what damage did it cause? Uh, to get real. I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't I've, remember I've, this question. No. Well, it, 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 I've grown from it, right? I've become mature from it, so I can, I can speak about it and, and know that, hey, I, I own my mistake. And the mistake was praying over someone with the gift of tongues, thinking that that was creating some super spiritual uh, atmosphere for this person to be able to go deeper when indeed all I did was created chaos and confusion in their life. And I apologize to the person. I absolutely pulled them on. I absolutely pulled them on the side and I said, Hey, I, I realized I made a mistake and I did something that was very immature and it may have stunted your growth. And if I did, I apologize. Uh, but hey, let me show you what the word of God says and let me show you what I should have done and let's walk this out together going forward. That's good. That's good. Can I add something? Um, so for in Philippians 2, what stuck out to me about the sermon last week is what they're talking about. Like it is because it is not about us, we have to be very careful um, when we go and we serve. So in Philippians 2, um, Jesus is the best example. So that's where we're going to go. And if you know me, you know I'm going to go straight to Jesus. So it says in verse 3, Philippians um, 2, 3, be free from pride-filled opinions. That's the first line. Right there, be free from pride-filled opinions. We can have opinions about how our gifts should be used, but we need to let that go, and we need to turn to the Word of God. It says they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Yeah. That is everything countercultural. Abandon every display of selfishness and possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And here it is. Consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us and let his mindset become your motivation. He existed in the form of God, and yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself as a, 
of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. And what sticks out to me is that even Jesus came and he was, who's more gifted than Jesus? Like that's just like, he, he is God embodied. Yet he didn't look at his life as, I'm going to try to achieve this godliness in this life to show everyone how great I am. His whole mission was to become a servant. That was his prize, was to redeem people and to reach the lost and to bless them so that they could grow and mature in their relationship. And so when we think about, okay, well, these gifts and like, I just have so much faith and well, I just speak in tongues and well, you know, like I'm awesome. And like we use those things as a measuring stick of, of how great we are, but even Jesus didn't do that. He said, the better way is to serve others and to put others before yourself. It's good. It's so good. I, I, I remember, and I hope they don't, well, they're not going to get mad, but I remember when we used to have Bible study um, in Tony House, and we, we were gifted. <laughs> As we would say, our hearts were in the right place, but we had no spiritual authority. We had no divine order in our lives. And so we started to create a mess that could have potentially been bad, but luckily at the time, God blessed us and allowed us to come to Nola Church. And it's like the expansion that happened from that. Like we thought that we were helping 10 to 15 people um, upstairs in the house, but what God has been able to do in our lives in just a year and the call that he has given each and one of those people that used to be in that room, it's like those tens to 20 people have like just, psh, and we're doing it under authority with divine order. And so you need divine order in your life or it can create chaos and confusion um, for the people that you're trying to disciple. That's a testimony. This is my testimony from death to life. One day I'm going to be on the worship team. All right. <laughs> you, you and me both. <laughs> but a lot of people will see, and this is a misconception, a lot of people will see divine order as oppression or you being structured in life. How does divine order go counterclockwise of what culture says? Because and we have dealt with this before um, in the church uh, a year ago where, especially in this new generation with radical believers, my generation, who believe that every sense of structure is oppression because we can have anything with just a look of the hands. But it's truly divine order is not structure or oppression, it's protection. And so how does this protection go counterclockwise? And I know I'm saying counterculture. I don't know why I keep saying clockwise, but counterculture <laughs> of what... Um, of what society would say. I mean, it comes back to, as a parent, right? Kids need boundaries. You know, it's healthy boundaries. It's not putting restrictions on anybody, but even the Ten Commandments. If we keep God first and we have the mission first of what we are here to seek and save the lost, then it doesn't feel like boundaries and it doesn't feel like restrictions. It's just an order that keeps everything in parameters. You know, verse 39 says, don't restrict the tongues, but verse 40 says, make sure it's done decently and in order. And, and that's it. It's not trying to restrict anybody from speaking in tongues, but that you realize who is around you and who you may be harming because God does not want to harm anyone. He wants us all to grow and to nourish. That's good. I think about like our helping without hurting small group um, that everybody's going to join one day. Um, and we talk about how if we do things inappropriately, it can cause more harm than, than helping. If I go to someone and I say, hey, I got the gift of healing and I touch them and they're not healed, that's another broken relationship that is happening right there in the moment. That's another disappointment. And now they're looking up like, well, you believe in God and you said he's a healer and I'm not healed. And now that person is turning their back towards Jesus because we didn't do the appropriate divine order. Could you expand up on that? Yeah. Um, and I think it, what you're saying too is that we have to be healthy in order to actually make healthy disciples. So healthy leaders, healthy believers will create 
healthy disciples because if we're not rooted in the word of God and if we're not making personal dedications to our father, then it's just we're doing we're still operating however we want. And so we're doing whatever we want. And then in turn, we're hurting other people in the process. Uh, Pastor Monty last week referenced Isaiah 28. And it talks about how the leaders, whether it was politicians or the priests, these people were getting drunk and then they were speaking God truth to people, trying to lead them. And think about how, how really distorted that is. The Bible says, don't fill yourself up on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because what you fill yourself up with is what you're going to pour out. So what are we actually consuming to make us healthy? Um, and that has to be the word of God. Uh, something that um, I want to read is Ezekiel 34. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. But it's... This is talking about unhealthy leaders. And in 34, verse 2, God takes this very seriously. He says, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. And those shepherds would have been basically those pastors, teachers, and the leaders of, of that time. Prophesy and say to, to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, Woe to you, the shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding yourselves. Should not shepherds feed the flock? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with wool, you slaughter the choice animals, and you do not feed the sheep. You have not strengthened the weak, you have not healed the sick, you have not bandaged the injured, you have not brought back the strays or sought the lost, but with force and harshness you have ruled over them, and because of this they're scattered, and they became prey for every wild beast. And that is why he takes these spiritual gifts, these apostles, these prophets, these teachers and, and uh, pastors, that is why they are so important. They have to be healthy. It's not that they're more special. He has put a call on them, and then he calls them to a life that is, is very countercultural because he, he's saying, don't be in it for yourselves. If you're not pouring out all of who you are to actually gather and not scatter, you're going to, it's going to have devastating consequences. But then he still holds the sheep who would be the congregation accountable. And he says, as for you, he's like, now I have to judge between the rams and the sheep. Is it not enough for you to feed on, on the good pasture that you have to trample the rest? And when you drink clean water, you must muddy the rest of the water by trampling it with your feet. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. And he decided that he needed to save his own sheep. And that is where the lineage of David comes in and where Jesus comes in because he's like, when left up to humans, they ruin it. And this is why we have to be healthy. We have to be spiritually filled so that he can work through us. It is not by our own power that we're going out and trying to save the world. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that allows us to overflow and leave a positive legacy in people's lives that does not damage them. That's good. Have, has anybody ever been in service and, and the Pastor Monty is preaching, you're like, man, did he read my mail this week? Like, he know exactly <laughs> what is going on in my life, and, it, and it's, it's always on time, and that's because we have a, a healthy spiritual leader that is following the vision of, of God, not his own vision or the vision of culture, but what God has set forth for this house, his house, our pastor follows, and that's why he be in our mail so much in Man, it's crazy. <laughs> it's so good. Um, I want to go to 1 Corinthians 14 and 26 if you want to turn your Bibles to there. It says, what should you do then, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each one has a song, has a lesson, has a revelation, has a tongue, has interpretation. Let all of these things be done for strengthening of the church. This sounds like a free-for-all, Pastor Sam. Like, can I just come up to church and while the, the pastor's in the middle of preaching and say, I got a word from Jesus, and just start to take over? Well, no. It comes back to, like we talked about a few minutes ago, that structure is in order for parameters, right? Um, again, it's not to put boundaries on anybody, but to keep everybody within healthy parameters. Um, but again, we have to remember what the mission is. Who are we here for? Are we here for ourselves or are we here to seek and save the lost? Because if we have other people in our mind that that's what the true mission is, then we're aware of our surroundings and we're aware of what we might be doing and how we're stepping out of order in that moment. And that God may have given you a word, but there's a proper channel and there's a proper avenue for taking that. And we're not gonna confuse people 
we're trying to save them. And I don't think, might have some new people that are, are here today, and I don't think that the parameters are the divine order that Jesus had put, has put in Woodside Nola Church. Can we talk about the intentionality of our circles, our five circles that we have here, and how that is a, pr- a parameter, that is a level of protection for what the vision that God has set forth in this house? I'll go, I'll go. And if each one of you want to talk about your own personal circles, that yes. is okay. Um, so the way I have had so many questions on this, which you probably have questions now about this, especially if you haven't been in the series with us, but I'm always asking Pastor Monty questions and he's always giving me a hard time because I'm just the question person because I need to understand. I need to understand what I'm digesting because I want to apply the word to my life and I want to make sure that it's, you know, right. So all that to say, I have asked him, so does that mean as associate pastor, am I one of those teacher uh, shepherds that they're talking about in these giftings? And the way he explained it is Jesus has designated me as pastor teacher of NOLA church. That is his office. He then gives us some of that spiritual authority and delegates it to the people, to me and my husband, to Chris and Sam, to Pastor Matt and Alicia in different areas where our passion and our, and our design have intersected. And for us, that is legacy. So we lead the legacy circle together. And that has come alive within us. If you know me, I love to serve and I'm gonna do whatever I can to go out and serve, um, especially in our community, because I really am passionate about the church doesn't stay here, we go out. So with that being said, that he has delegated that to us and as we grow in that passion and as we grow spiritually we're able to help equip the body to grow in that same way but i'm not going to go and try to teach everyone about prayer i love prayer but that's pastor matt and alicia that is where they come alive that is where they can help people grow and so that order allows for each of us to really develop in our passion areas because each of us when we're baptized with the holy spirit that passion is sparked and we all have something that the body needs does that make sense Absolutely. and our pastoral staff is extremely passionate with, with what the vision of this house is and also what they're able to do within their circles. Like this, the expansion that we have seen NOLA Church go through, the global um, nations that God has given us the responsibility over just didn't happen overnight. It was, it was with people at the altar, it was with prayer, it was with these pastoral staffs being able to submit to the authority and the divine order of Jesus Christ. And I wanna ask a very personal question. Um, This one wasn't expected, but there has been opportunities for each and one of you to be able to turn your back on the divine order of this church. And all of you persevered and stayed through and trusted what God was doing here. What was that experience like? And what have you seen as the fruits from it? I like how he stared at me pretty much the entire time that he asked the question. Because this is a very personal thing. I, I, Rachel, how many times do you think we had chances to go somewhere else and do something else? Okay, so it's funny, right? It's like God always has a plan for you, but the enemy always has the right bait. Um, he, it's funny, right? So when you start recognizing what that bait is, and you're like, all right, I see this ridiculous trick again. Here we go. Let me shut this one down. Uh, we've had opportunities to go other places and gosh, it's funny. I, I resigned from the federal government and then what was it? Maybe a month and a half later, uh, an old commander of mine called me and said, Hey John, like, how would you like to double your salary and we'll pay you for your move and we'll give you this executive benefits package. And there was all these things, right? And it's like, man, I could have my own staff and company car, and a paid move, and all these things. But I had to realize that, like, if you make your investment into just stuff and replace God with materials, then you start to worship the things rather than the source. 
So having to learn what, what the bait was and then quickly obviously shut it down and go back to say, all right, God, like you, you put me in this place for a reason and let me understand my responsibility. In fact, let me grow in it and then develop further in it. Let me decrease so that you may increase and then watch the fruits of what happened. Like, I don't think it was a coincidence last year. And I mean, granted, Hurricane Ida was absolutely awful. We, we all know that. But our church was afforded with the opportunity to go out to the LA Dream Center, which was very much like on-the-job training prior to the storm. Right. So when we said yes, and this is a collective thing, right? Like when we say yes... God gives us the resources and the gifts to be able to be effective in the place where he plants us. Proof positive was the thousands of people that we were able to serve last year. Like, I am thankful to be able to be used in that capacity. So don't think that when you, when God present, or when when the enemy or when another human being, whether they realize it or not, affords you the opportunity to go do something else rather than the call that God has placed on you, uh, learn to recognize what that is and learn how to walk away from it quickly so that you're not hung up on the thing, but going back into the place where God has put you. Like, if you're not planted, you will not grow. Yeah. Right. Um, I want to add something to what he's saying because we have been... we. <laughs> This is kind of funny. It's, maybe it's not funny to you. It's funny to me. But we used to refer to New Orleans as our Nineveh because it was like God is saying, stay here. And we're like, no, I don't want to. I'm going to go that way. And, um, but he called us here, and I'm glad that we stayed. But it's not always just, I mean, walking away from a salary, being offered another one, and for two years, not knowing where your salary has come from, that's a scary thing. But sometimes your faith gets to a point where like, okay, God's got me. But then the enemy uses other things to trip us up. Like, um, well, I don't agree with that. Well, these, there's conflict in these relationships. So how am I going to get past that? Like we have bumped into that. And part of the maturing process is to go to the word of God and say, but what does he say about interpersonal conflict what does he say about being in this body because I might not like what the pastor's saying I might not agree with these leadership decisions but I'm submitted to authority so God how how do I reconcile this that is a hard a hard thing turning away from stuff is one thing but really when it gets to your heart in that way that's difficult but God will if you are faithful God will be even more faithful and so he has showed us how to heal in broken relationships. He has shown us how to give people the benefit of the doubt when we didn't want to. He has shown us that love is truly the way above all ways. And so we can go on and serve and we can be associate pastors. But if we're not truly loving like God has asked us to love our other leadership, the people in this congregation, then then it's all going to fall apart. And that, that maturation process is extremely uncomfortable, but I promise you it's worth it. I'm so thankful that, you know, you got that job opportunity right after Pastor Monty had ordained you guys to be associate pastors of the church. And I'm thankful, me personally, thankful that you guys stayed and answered the call of what God was calling you. But you have personally discipled me and my life. And I don't know if you guys have ever served with Pastor John and Pastor Rachel, but it is contagious. Like, sometimes you'll be at an event and you're ready to sit down and just be like, and then they come with this energy and it's like, let's go. We can do like three more hours of this. And so I'm thankful that you guys. Don't scare them. (laughs) I'm good. I'm glad that you submitted to the divine order of this church, and the fruits are very evident, not only in my life, but in many people's lives that are sitting in this audience, and so glory to God. How about you guys? So tagging off of kind of what you were saying, and I'm, I'm thinking, right, I'm thinking back to this timeline that's in my head, and I'm, I'm remembering because we're walking alongside you guys every step of the way, but in our own way, we had our own struggles, and it wasn't necessarily being called to other jobs and stuff, but for myself personally, I, I was, I had a shift work job and there's nothing wrong with that. If you work a shift work job, please don't misunderstand. But the call that God had on, huh? Please don't quit. Yeah, please don't quit your job. Please, please don't do that. Um, but what God was putting and tugging on my heart was that 
it was a trap for me. There was more he was drawing me to. But the funny thing is, is that when I finally stepped in and I, and I walked away from that job and we started our company and everything, and, and I'm thinking in my, and, and I'm like, man, this is supposed to have been easier. This is supposed to have given me more liberties and freedoms. And it did. Don't get me wrong. It did. But every step of the way we walked through, not only like some of the stuff you were talking about, some relationship struggles and things, every time that happened, y'all, there was victory on the other side of that where God was doing these amazing things that were about to happen, and we just had to absolutely tuck in the spiritual authority that was placed over us and walk it out together. And now I would say there's more unity in the pastoral staff than there's ever been. There's more uh, for us to lean into now through each one of these little hurdles where the enemy was like, you know, you really should just quit. It'd be a lot easier. You'd have a lot less burdens if you just walk away from it all right about now. And I, and I go back to thinking, I'm like, man, I could, I could just serve on a team. I don't have to lead a team. I could just, you know, come in and check the box. Why? Why would we do that when there's a structure and order in a place where power moves through if we would just get in order and, and tuck in and develop this culture to be healthy? So from my standpoint, it's, it's always been kind of cool to see when the struggles and the burdens start happening, what's coming on the other side of that if we just push through? You want to add anything to that? No? Okay, she's good. <laughs> and, and Pastor Matt and Pastor Alicia is not here, and they're amazing people if you have never talked to them. But can y'all believe that they used to drive about four hours <laughs> back into their house in order to attend church service every Sunday? I don't know about y'all, y'all might be more saved than I am, but I'm not driving past an hour <laughs> to drive. I'm talking e- about like Egypt. there Egypt. and back, like every yeah. Sunday, and they hardly missed a Sunday. 47 miles uphill in the snow against the Both wind. Ways. Both ways every day. <laughs> like like that's a, that, that's a mission that they, that they made, the, the thing that they, they surrendered to God and, and to the, the order in this house has been able to produce for this church to be a 24-7 hour prayer room. And that is on the, the, the burden that they carried for so many years and they're able to now see the fruits of it. And like that is the whole point of this panel today for you to see a living testimony of what divine order has been, not only in the life of this pastoral staff, but majority of in this audience, um, in this congregation, have been able to actually feel the fruits of those things that have happened. And so I want to jump into a kind of an application part as we start to kind of go back towards the end, but I want, I want you to be able to walk away with something today. And so Pastor John, can you tell us how does divine order ensure that every single person that is in this room, this congregation, is strengthened at the end of the day? Words matter, right? Does everybody agree with that? Like when, when people use uh, or, or when people teach, you have to really figure out three different ways in order to try to deliver the same sort of message. Does everybody agree with that? So it's like you never know who you're going to be talking to or how they're going to receive it. So I, mean, I think realistically, you have to be strong. Uh, you have to be strong and you have to be direct and give true and realistic biblical teaching. You can't water down what the word says. Uh, and and, and the, I don't know if you, you may agree with me, you may not. It's in the Bible, so you don't have to. Uh, the, uh, the Bible is somewhat offensive. Like the, the word is offensive. It's intended to offend us. Like all of our humanistic reasoning is not typically in line with the majority of what the word says. So it's constantly this rub and friction. So if you can't be, uh, if you can't be direct of, and really explain the what, the, uh, the why, and the how, really in terms of how spiritual gifts function within the body, uh, it's, it's just it's not going to work. We, we have to be strong in explaining what it is and giving a true and realistic understanding so that we understand what our roles, responsibilities, and how we function in, in, in a body looks like. Yeah. And, and I think when you break down those things, the what, why, and how, when you're in a relationship with someone, it stops that offense because it shows them like, hey, this is not critical feedback or this is not feedback to harm you, but this is because I love you and I'm in relationship with you and I know that this is what's best for you. You know, divine order is, it's, I'm one of those people who listen to their pastor. I don't know about y'all, but I actually listen. Like when Pastor Money take his time out to actually talk to me, I listen. And one of the toughest conversations we had 
was him telling me that my girlfriend cannot spend a night at my house anymore. <laughs> Tough conversation. I originally threw it completely out the window. I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I mean, we had been celibate. We, we were just in the bed. So I'm like, this is not that serious. But there was, once he told me that it is something about the word of God, once you hear the truth, like God gonna put it to test. <laughs> and so we had started to have some issues after, and we, we were good in a good place and we weren't having like big issues, but you know, I, she felt entitled to some things and, I, and she, I was like, you're a guest, like, you know, slow it down a little bit. And so God showed me why that this wasn't sustainable. And truly ever since we have made this move from the, from the, the, the authority of, of our spiritual covering, which is PM, our relationship has been in a lovely place. And so if you want to stop chaos in your life, you might want to listen to your Pastor Chris. Pastor Chris, can you tell us how divine order helps the community establish life-given long relationships? So I kind of go back to uh, a sermon uh, series that Pastor Monty had done called Practice. And what we learned in that series is what we do here on a Sunday isn't just merely what we do on a Sunday. It's got an intent and it's got a purpose behind it. And that is so that we can have practice to um, learn how to do this outside of these four walls, right? So when we come in here and we have koinonia, right, or we have, we have high-touch uh, connections outside in the lobby and then afterwards and also in our small groups and everything, we're learning how to develop effective relationships so that when we step out of this, this place and these powers and these giftings are in, inside of us and God's authority is resting on us, we don't just walk into uh, a restaurant and just start praying in tongues over somebody, right? We don't just start laying hands on the person, huh? Yeah, yeah, we should have bought a Honda. So, you know, we don't do these things. And for me, I, I was somebody who actually experienced this in a Walmart parking lot of all places. Didn't really freak me out, just absolutely created chaos. These, these people had good intentions. They were praying in a circle and uh, for someone that they had known and they started speaking in tongues and one dude started babbling some stuff. And for me, it, it scarred me a little bit. Didn't scare me from it. Just was like, wow, I, till this day, I've never forgotten that. That's been probably 10, 20 years ago. Of course it was in a Walmart parking lot. Of course lot. it was in a Walmart parking lot. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Yeah, Target wouldn't allow Don't say that. too much. They're going to take us. <laughs> <laughs> so, Don't so, say too much. They're going to take us down from right, Facebook. Yeah, right. They ain't let y'all go with one joke. The next one they're going to take down. Right, right. So we, we have to develop healthy relationships in a safe place, right? In a place where we know we can lean on one another and learn how to do it uh, with structure. Yeah, that's so good. Pastor Rachel, how does divine order real, realistically help an individual believer overflow in true legacy? I think this goes back to what I said earlier. What you, what you take in is what you're going to pour out. Yeah. So um, if you are digesting the word and you are filling yourself with God, if you're filling yourself with biblical community and these things and pushing away from what society tells you to be because we can listen to more voices now than we ever could before. There's so many influences and there's so much noise. But if we can push away from that and learn how to, to discern what is the word of God and grow in, within that divine order and that structure, we start to grow in the right ways and we start to develop in healthy ways and we develop a healthy relationship with Jesus. We learn how to discern his voice. And so then we can go and we can overflow from that relationship because we talk about overflow all the time here and that is to be filled up with Jesus and then to go and pour that out to others to serve them. And one night at group, Tony had this beautiful imagery. She said, sometimes we talk about getting filled up and then we just pour out. She's like, but I think of a fountain that just the water's coming up and it doesn't stop flowing out. It's not that you're pouring yourself out. It's just naturally coming out of you. And I love that because the more that we are filling ourselves with God, the more it's naturally going to come out of us. And you're like, oh, whoa, where did that come from? It's because God's at work in you. We, we have talked about a lot and I want us to go into our last question, and I really want this to hit home. Um, how has divine order radically changed your life, and how has it changed your family life? 
Psyche throws uh, softballs every time, right? Uh, so some of y'all may not know this about me, but uh, I, was, I was in the military for a long time and dealt with a, a lot of issues. Like me and Time Magazine had a whole lot in common, okay? Tons and tons of issues. I know the dad jokes don't stop. I can't even help it. The, uh, <clears throat> but really, like, I dealt with, with issues related to post-traumatic stress, uh, anxiety. I had sleep disorders for a long time. Uh, and there was just a lot of things that I fought in the futility of my own mind. Uh, I don't know how else to say that. But in, in embracing the understanding of who God is, learning who I am in him, learning what he says about me, when I get trapped in my own thoughts or when I start to struggle and, and make a mountain out of a molehill, because anybody that knows me or has been around me for a long time in, in life knows that I will absolutely overthink everything. Uh, can't even help that either. But uh, just learning how to walk differently, understanding that, you know, God says I'm the apple of his eye. He, he knows, I know that I am designed and built perfectly in his image. And having to put all those things behind me allowed me f for a lot of healing personally, but it made me a lot more uh, effective in my life as a husband and as a father. And I know I, I'm not perfect by any stretch, but man, the, who I was and who I am now, even 10 years ago, is a completely different person. And when I get to hear my, my daughter, uh, who's in college, say, Dad, you've, you've changed so much. Like, uh, there's parts of you that I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not sure I recognize anymore. I take that as a compliment yeah. uh, because God has done so much in and through me. I think for me personally, when I, I came to NOLA Church, we were just dating when we started coming here, and I've had this call, like, I just, my, I have a heart for the nations, and I want to go, and I, I lived in China for a brief period, um, I had done a couple mission trips, and, but I was never rooted in a community, right. And so I was going out and I was doing these things, but I wasn't seeing any fruit from it. And I knew the passion was there that were that like desire, but I didn't know how to live it out and what it was supposed to look like. I had so many questions and everything. I mean, y'all, I tried to go to the Peace Corps. Like I was trying to do all this stuff just so I could like go and, you know, adventure. Um, I was like a crazy mountain hippie and I just wanted to go do all this stuff. But... Um, divine order made me not a hippie. That's the more, no, just kidding. Still a hippie. <laughs> just kidding. Still a hippie. It's fine. <laughs> but, um, the divine order, when I, when I came to NOLA church and understood that, like Joe said, it's not about an oppressive structure. It allowed me to expand because it gave me a covering. It showed me how to channel my, my giftings and my passions and like, what am I supposed to do with all this that's in here in my dreams? And it all started at the feet of Jesus and learning how to be in a true relationship with him. It started with me. I'm just going to go and be a host at the door and open the door for people. And God used that and he kept using that. And then, you know, he placed more weight on us, but it allowed me to thrive. And now I, I still have questions about the future, but now I know what my parameters are and I know where I'm rooted and I know where I'm supposed to be. And that's where God can really grow us. I think you hit on a lot for us too. You know, we've been parts of other churches. We've, we've come from other places, but the covering that we, the spiritual authority in this house that we've placed ourselves under with Pastor Mani and Pastor Olga with the structure and divine order is unlike any place I've ever been. And that has allowed us to grow not only here, but in our personal lives as well. It's changed our marriage. It's changed how we parent. It's changed how we look at a company structure and run a company. You know, we have parameters there, but we're reminded that we're not in this business to make millions. We're in this business to grow the kingdom. And, and that's what God called us to. So it's changed us completely. And I don't know. What she said. 
the, the only thing I think I could, I could add to that is the, the divine, the, the structure that's in place, uh, being a leader, it's good to know that I don't have to lead alone. It's good to know that I don't have to just go to Pastor Monty and Olga and wear them out all the time. There's other leaders, and there's other leaders in this room as well that you can lean on and say, hey, I, I need some help. You know, and it's okay to do that. Nobody's going to shame you. No one's going to think lesser of you, even if you hold a, a different position of leadership in the church. So it's really nice to have this family that we have. And yeah, we, it's in divine order. Yeah, it's a structure, but it's a community at the end of the day of which we develop relationships and we can lean on one another to grow closer to Jesus and draw others closer to Jesus who may not have experienced what we have yet. So beautiful. I was thinking as we were talking, as they were talking about how the disciples were, they were on the ship and it was crazy. It was chaotic outside and Jesus was asleep and they came out and, and, and they woke up Jesus and, and Jesus came and he brought order to his creation. And that is what he's looking to do in this congregation. That is what he has set forth in front of us, order. That way when you come into this place and the world has been chaotic, things have happened in your environment, they have happened in your situation, they have happened in your life, and you come in this place and you feel the presence of God. That's divine order. To be able to walk alongside people and see the growth, see the good times and the bad times, but to be able to pray with them, hold hands with them, hug them, connect with them, that's order. To be able to not have the courage or the strength to be able to talk about something that might be impacting you or hurting you and you to be able to come into an experience and also one has to do is hug you and you feel the wind blow and you feel the power of God hit your life and you feel the power of God hit your situation and you're able to cry out and a lot of things that have been holding you bondage, a lot of things that have been hurting you, the disappointments, the frustration, to be able to feel those things because someone that you're in a relationship with, because somebody that you love, someone that God has placed, you, has placed in your life is able to come and connect with you. That's order. That's divine order. To be able to trust that your pastoral staff, that, that your pastors are constantly praying for you in every situation. That's order. And I thank our pastoral team for, for joining us here today. And we're getting ready to close out in prayer. And so if everyone can just stand up to your feet and close your eyes, every eye bow. As we go into this next part, I think about an event that happened in Exodus. Moses, Aaron, and her, they're at the top of the hill. And Jesus instructs Moses to go to this hill. And he says, hey, when you lift your hands, Joshua, who is at the, battle, at the bottom, who is in, in, in a battle, every time you raise your hand, Joshua and the army, they, they would gain victory. And so at the top of this hill, we have Moses, Aaron, and her, a prophet, priest, and a pastor that are covering Joshua as he is in battle. But the best thing about this story is that Joshua does not know that every time Moses is at the top of the hill that he will win the victory. Joshua does not know the vision that Jesus had gave to Moses. And that's something that you need to know about divine order. You might not see everything that the Lord tells your pastoral team. You might not see every complication, every word, every context to situations, but they're still fighting battles for you. They're still on the hill. They're covering you in prayer. They're lifting their hands and they're taking the authority that Jesus has given them in their life and they're protecting you. They're guiding you. Thank God for community. Thank God for a divine order that can protect you, that can hold you, that can take a dominion over the demonic forces that try to separate you from God. I will always tell this, past, this testimony about Pastor Monty. The first time I ever looked at him face to face in a meeting, the first thing he said to me is, I will protect you. He didn't know me from Adam and Eve. But he looked me in my eyes and he told me that he would protect me. And that was a promise that he made. 
And that's not just a promise to me, that's a promise to every single person in this room because of the authority that Jesus has given into the divine order of this house. You have a pastoral staff that you can lean on, that you can trust, that will walk alongside of you and that would be with you. Lord, thank you for meeting us in this place, Jesus. Thank you for dwelling dwelling in this house, Lord. Thank you for dwelling in your temple, which is our hearts, Jesus. Lord, we ask that you set a fire in us, Lord, for you have called us to be radical and bold in this season, Lord. Allow us to pick up our mats and carry the cross of you, Jesus. Allow us to be able to proclaim the gospel, the goodness of you, Jesus. For you have been good, Lord.